Good afternoon, friends. Tis another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. We'll spend the next couple hours here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in some trademark conversation that is both energetic and entertaining. We, of course, will hit some of our normal topics, local, state, and national news. Always fun. Politics. Got a lot of basketball today. We're going to talk about sports, education, health, and medicine. It's a wide-ranging show, and I'm happy that you're here to share it with us. Uber producer Dan Peters is here. He's going to keep you up-to-date on the latest news and, of course, snowfall. More snow. We're all so happy about it. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio. Streamed live on KSO.com or on the KSO mobile app. That's the new branded KSO mobile app. You want to go get that because one touch live radio the way God intended. And news and weather updates from the staff here at KSOO Information 1000. And remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live. Follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show, where uh, Uber producer Dan Peters is busily posting away throughout the course of the program. Um, now, regular listen, listeners to this fine program will know that this is, we are a coyote-centric operation here. There it is. That, of course, is the, uh, it's on Dakota or go Dakota or it's the coyote. It's a it's University of South Dakota fighting coyote fight song that Dan and I uh, both were uh, uh, once able to play on our respective instruments as members of the USD Fighting Coyote Marching Band. Those days are long behind us, but we still know the tune. Hail South Dakota. Hail South Dakota. Hail. We don't know the words because we were in the band. Someday we're going to have the words, Dan. Yeah, we got to. There, there's actually a YouTube link that has the lyrics on it, so we may have to have Shoot. to break down and go fight yeah. South Dakota, Dakota. You're the pride of the Western Plain. We should at least post that link up to uh, our Twitter feed, so our fans of this program can learn the learn the song, and then they can sing along with us when we play it. I think that's a good idea, don't you? We can certainly, I think, make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll learn the words. And then uh, as we get closer to the Summit League tournament, we'll have to start singing it here because this is going to be Coyote Central. That's all there is to it. I I have all kinds of respect for you good people from South Dakota State. But the fact of the matter is, through forces uh, uh, that Dan and I don't control, this is a, a USD alumni program. That's just the way it goes. There's plenty of other people out there you can talk to about State. We're not going to play their fight song. We're going to play the Coyote fight song because last night the Coyote basketball team, the women, uh, they beat SDSU for the second time this season, 80-75. And the, and the Jacks had it in the bag. Yeah, they kinda, had it in the bag, they and they still couldn't in. take it. Had them down by 11 in the second half, had them down by 9 in the fourth quarter. Coyotes came back. They, they got, they got uh, nervous. They got tight. They couldn't shoot. Oh, I think there was some poor shot selection in there, too, oh, well, I would say. We're going to chalk that up to just good, solid defense on the Coyote side. I would say that there was some some solid stuff, because normally the driving lanes by one Macy Miller of South Dakota State, she would find those, but the mm-hmm. Utes shut them off. Well, she missed a shot late that uh, went, sort of helped swing the game towards the Coyotes' way in the, in the waning moments of the game, so... I didn't get to see it all. I only read the, the reports this morning. Uh, I was planning to watch it. I went to my f- favorite neighborhood watering hole to watch it, and they couldn't I don't, They couldn't make it work for some reason. What? I know. So I watched the Olympics instead. Because I don't have the cable, you know. It's a problem. I could have watched it on my computer, I guess. I don't know why I didn't do that. Next time. Maybe tonight. Because the Coyote men play tonight. I, I just want one final thing on the women. Uh, they went undefeated in the Summit League. Most of you may know that if you're Coyote fans. 
and now they're set up for the one seed, as we like to say, in the big tournament here at the Summit League tournament at the Denny Sanford Premier Center, which is March, it's first week in March, first weekend in March, third to second, third, fourth, fifth, and ninth. Yep, starts on the third and then ends on Tuesday. It goes, yeah, it's a long one. It's a long the tournament. sixth, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So the women will be one, two seeds, USD, SDSU on the women's side in the tournament. That's amazing. So the men play tonight, and they basically are going for the title too because, uh, so SDSU has lost one game in the conference. That was to USD. USD's lost two games. Unfortunately, we lost a game at Denver, which was, which was bad. And we lost to Fargo, the hated bison. <sighs> I mean, that happens. But that game, right after they beat State, they went to Denver and lost a game. That was terrible. But so, but everything's on the line up in Brookings tonight. Yeah, I with hope. the season sweep, they would probably get the tiebreaker, wouldn't they? Yes. So they would be the one, I think, would be the one seed, and State would be the two. But it doesn't really matter. They're going to end up one, two. Either way, they'll be on opposite sides of the bracket. And so here's the prospect. And this has started coming into play here in the last couple of weeks. All four teams could end up in the championship games on that uh, Tuesday at the Danny Sanford Premier Center with a chance to play for the NCAA tournament. That's are, amazing. Are we looking at possible record-breaking numbers for tournament oh, attendance for the Summit League? I would think so. People would just be jammed into that place, especially if they both make the championship on Tuesday. Oh, my God. It'll just be out of control. That's fun. That's good times right there. People would take some time off to to attend such an event, to be able yeah. to hit both games. It would be nuts. There might even be some animals flying. No, that doesn't happen anymore. Oh, at least I would hope not. I hope, yeah, I've hope. seen I've seen enough of it. I don't need to see any more of yeah. it. Yeah. You know, the only thing about it is uh, with the, uh, uh, and we're going a little long here, but that's all right, because this is something near and dear to my heart. Uh, there's a certain... Um, uh, sanctimoniousness that comes from people who maybe moved here and they were just appalled at the flying animals. Come on. It wasn't like it was, yeah, it was kind of dumb and some dumb things happened, but it wasn't the end of the world. It's like, I can't believe this. If you're going to be in division one, you can't have any of that. And then you go look around the country and there's all kinds of weird, you know, uh, traditions in different places, people throwing carrots, people throwing minnows, and people throwing octopuses and all kinds of different stuff. So don't be all sanctimonious. It's it's fine. It's gone. It's a good thing it's gone. But don't get sanctimonious on me and say, well, that was some sort of barbaric. They were coyote. They were dead coyotes and dead jackrabbits. It wasn't like it's that big a deal. And, of course, there are some that flew from the Augustana student section Onto the court. So let's not let them <laughs> yeah, out of this either. They're not That's the only exactly ones who right. pulled that kind of shenanigans. That's exactly right. Don't let them out. Um, that said, we're looking forward to the big tournament, and uh, we've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Ben Forred and Alyssa Men- Mendel. Mendel, just like Wendell of Sanford Research. They're going to be here to preview an opportunity to learn about. Uh, rare diseases this weekend that Sanford's been working on, and you can go and find out more if you are affected by a rare disease or just want to learn. Uh, Jenna Mack is filling in on Weird Friends today. We haven't chatted with her for a while, so this could go anywhere. Our high school sports analyst Jerry Pileshi from Sister Station ESPN 99.1 is going to get us bring us up today on high school basketball because after the Summit League, then starts the high school tournaments, and uh, the big double-A combined boys and girls is in Sioux Falls, so that'll be fun. And we'll learn about the next Ollie Community Lecture Series with Nancy Workamp. Ollie, of course, is a kind of a continuing education uh, organization. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, reality wins the day and peer. It's true. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 320 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.
Oh, back for the PNL statement with the Bodines closer to free. And I got some good news for you people. Good news from Pierre. It's true. I don't get this chance very, very often, so I just want to stop and smell the legislative roses, as it were. So a couple things happened. And uh, some of them, you know, you may probably know about, some of them you don't. Uh, but on the assault on the INR system, the our, our treasured uh, right of initiative and referendum, uh, a couple of battle, a couple of bills went down. Uh, number uh, House Bill twelve seventy five. This was a really weird one that would have required ballot question petitioners to obtain signatures from at least eighteen different Senate districts, and would have required people who signed the ballot questions us to mark their Senate district instead of their county. Uh, it's just, you know, it was a weird attempt to, people think Sioux Falls has taken over the state, which it's not. So that went down. That was the big debate yesterday. Uh, even Larry Roden didn't like it, but it still, it came close. Six to seven, I believe, six to seven. Larry Roden, of course, ran for Congress a couple of years ago, f- several years ago now, from Union Center. Even he said that uh, people in Union Center, which is a ways out there, say they have every opportunity to sign petitions because they go to Rapid City, buy groceries and such. I'm sorry, that was was in the full house. Full house, 20 to 45 it lost. Uh, So there it goes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, weird Bill. Uh, Let's see. So there was in committee, there were two... There were three bills, uh, two of them went down, that were uh, uh, firing away at the INR, trying to make it harder to use initiative and referendum. Um, so the uh, House Joint Resolution 1008, which was the uh, would have lo- let the legislature, and this is really stupid, veto constitutional amendments approved by the voter, that went down six to seven. And then... Uh, Speaker Mickelson, who's been behind a lot of this stuff, he had his bill that would have uh, taken away the right to initiate constitutional amendments altogether. He withdrew that after that vote because he could see not going to happen. But close vote, uh, you know, democracy and freedom barely win the day, but they do win. So that's good. One that did pass, uh, and I noted this from... uh, Corey Heidelberger's Dakota Free Press blog, the HJR 1006, which was Speaker Mickelson's amendment to apply the single subject rule to initiated constitutional amendments. That passed out of House State Affairs. Um, that would still have to go to a vote of the people as well, though, to make that change. So, But mo- for the most part, good news from Pierre in that regard. Uh, the other thing that, of course, has been on my mind is the uh, uh, refugee debate, the anti-Islamic uh, legislation being forwarded by Neil Tapio. So the big one that was up yesterday was this idea to stop Lutheran Social Services from resettling refugees in South Dakota. Uh, it it died eight to one, which was good, which was good. I'm glad that happened. That's what we wanted to happen. Um, and even though there were four co-signers on the fir- at first, uh, only one person actually voted for it, and that's good. Um, it's it's evidence that there are times that, as a group, our lawmakers aren't as hell-bent on destroying the Constitution as it sometimes appears. That doesn't mean it's over by any means. I I point to this comment by L. Nostrup of Aberdeen, and this one is this one's classic. Quote, I believe we should be searching for people that look like the possible people that might be involved in the crime of the day. Nostrup said, This is from the Argus Leader, citing concerns about a Norwegian grandmother being searched at a public event while young men who appear to be of Middle Eastern descent are not. You see, Al, that is the very definition of profiling, racial and ethnic profiling. It's such a clear violation of the American citizens' Fourth Amendment rights against unlawful search and seizure as to be laughable. I think it's the Fourth Amendment. How does someone with such a fleeting grasp of American government get elected? I don't understand this. It is a stunning admission of paranoia and bigotry. That's just the mindset, though, that underlines. This is, this is the mindset that, that leads to 
uh, racial and ethnic purging, uh, uh, divisions in countries based on their race and race, race and ethnicity. Not recognize that this is a danger to the republic is bad. It's great that Neil Tapio's crazed legislation got only one vote in committee, but it's disheartening that Mr. Nostrup's assertions are allowed to sort of pass essentially unchallenged. I didn't see all the debate. He has a right to be a bigot. That's fine. You can't change people's hearts, but he doesn't have a right to violate the Constitution. If lawmakers would spend a little time studying and a little less time trying to come up with misguided laws, they might save themselves and us a lot of time. That is the bottom line on today's PNL statement. Agree or disagree with me, shoot me an email, Patrick at KSO.com. Follow us on Twitter at P. Lally Show. Coming up next, we have uh, Genomac in for Weird Friends, the one, the only Genomac. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. There are lines of marching men in squadrons pass me by. And we're playing Foggy Doo by the Wolf Tones for my next guest at about 3.35 here on the Patrick Lally Show, which is, it's Weird Friends time, and uh, when somebody can't show up for Weird Friends often, I call Genomac, because Genomac is, uh, as we always say, we, we bring her in because she's... Pretty, and I go to things. Yes, that's... The Just like everybody else in town. By her own, yes, everybody, everybody's... Everybody's beautiful. And so, Jenna Mac, being of Irish descent, I like to play a little Irish music, which I've been doing anyway. So, here we go a little more foggy do. Oh, it's nice. It's the Wolf Tones. They were here several years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and a uh, fantastic concert. There's some kind of thing coming up. There's a thing. There's a thing. Rock, rock something to Dublin. I just heard about it. I'm supposed to go to Blarney Stone and sign up for tickets to win something. Do you know anything about this? No. The Rocky Road to Dublin. That's yeah. a song. There's, One, there's two, some three, kind four, of show. five. Well, that's cool. Um, so I've I'm sure they will. It's it's St. Patrick's Day is on a Saturday this year. So Exactly. It's going to be, and Blarney Stone just opened. So mm-hmm. this will be their first St. Patrick's Day in the city. They'll get greeted warmly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they know what to expect because I, I don't know that I was necessarily warm my first time there. But What? I like it. Well, oh. I I walked in and I ordered a... I was with my favorite reporter, Mark Walker. Yeah, this and, is a while ago. And I walked in and I, I ordered a pint and the guy said a tall or a short. I know. I, I yeah. have had that same experience. A and they got kind of mad. Yeah. I said, I said, uh, I, I, went, I said, I'll have a Guinness, please. And they said, tall or short. I said, a pint. Guinness only comes in a pint. And what <laughs> kind of glass did they serve it to? It you was in? a real pint. It was, well, it was a straight up pint glass, not a exactly. like authentic, you know, Brit. Like a true Irish, Guinness glass. No, right. It wasn't yeah. that. It was it was fine. And then she's like, I suppose you want it warm too. No, she's no. she just giving me a hard time. I like them down there. I'll, I like the I'll give them another chance. Mostly because I snuck into the downstairs. There was a sign that said, don't go down here, but I did. Well, now you're in trouble. <laughs> right off the bat, you're doing the wrong thing. It's, it's beautiful downstairs. So it's really I would cool. like I would like to see see that some night when they're opening up and running. Yeah, so. it's it. I've had I've had nice times there. So I'm happy. I think it's a great addition to the downtown. That little spot of downtown now, speaking of doing things, you've got... Uh, at 12th and Phillips, and within about 100 yards, there's eight or nine restaurants, yeah. or coffee shops, because Josiah's is there now on 12th yep. Street. Uh, Blarney Stone's open. You got MB Haskett, which is one of my favorite places in town. Bros is across the street there still. Um, 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 who am I leaving out? Well, Paramount. You're not, you're not far from Sushimasa, uh, or on the other end, it's Oshima now? Is that no? Oh yeah, the way out the on right. 10th street. So, but I'm just talking about that one block. You've right. got uh, JL beers, and one of my favorite places before I quit eating meat was uh, um, the barbecue joint there, Backyard Barbecue. Yes. Oh, and they're I, all right there. I actually like Backyard Barbecue's West Side location better. That's what people say. Different menu. I, they have two different menus. I know it's a different kind of place. It's the same. Well, it's good at both places. Yeah, it's good, and they have great service. They're they're absolutely what family owned, locally owned mm-hmm. Sioux Falls is about. And I love MB. Give yeah. Michael Haskett a big shout out whenever yeah. I can. Um, That's the thing. You're within a block of a handful of restaurants where the person serving you probably owns the restaurant. A lot of that, yeah. Yeah. Or has a stake in it at right. least. Which is pretty cool. Right. Um, 
But that's not why you're. Well, it's kind of why you're. Kind this of because I, I eat every yeah. time I go out. I eat. Yeah, well, that's part of the <laughs> I deal. I like to eat. Um, but, but what else is going on? What are you What are you going to in the near future? What's on your calendar? Future. Because you're, you know, the socialite. Tomorrow is Final Friday, so this uh, is not First Friday. Not First Friday. Um, don't be like me and get confused about which one we're on. Tomorrow's uh, Final Friday, last Friday of the month, and Post Pilgrim which is a gallery over on 10th Street. It's in the lower level below Last Stop CD Shop. They've been really putting together some cool events on the final final Fridays of the month. Last month, um, they had designs by Ari, and they had a fashion show. This week, they're having um, an, an art... Opening? Opening. Showing? Showing. It's more of a showing, um, and, and it's under the title of Epitome. Uh, they also always have live music at that in a separate room, which is mm-hmm. nice um, for everybody knows everybody that knows me knows I can't handle live music up close anymore. So I can still enjoy all the art and hear the music. My friends that want to be down in front mm-hmm. can be in there. Well, that's the also uh, the Whitewall Studio. Yes, and so. The, and so yep. So they've got the music in there, and in the front room they've got the gallery, and there's always wine and socializing and no cover. We that's perfect. Know. Yeah, no cover. So that's that's my Friday night. Um, and if I have enough wine and socializing, um, maybe I'll get up and go to a legislative coffee the next morning. That's at 9 o'clock. It's at 10, I think. 10? 10 at the Holiday Inn downtown. Yeah, yeah. I know District 6 and 11 and I think 16 are this Saturday. Nothing says socializing like a legislative coffee. The morning after, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've had that experience. Right. I drink tea. And so if you know that I drink tea instead of coffee, I throw a lot of shade and spill a little tea. So I don't, I don't go to a lot of political things. Yeah. I don't have to. Well, this is, a, you know, this is not the, the heart of the session. It's so the time of the year. You might learn something. Right. But then um, if, I, if, if you're downtown anyway to be political, go have some fun afterwards. Um, Saturday afternoon, Mike Hendrickson has a book signing as Ambrose for his book, uh, First Person, which is... It's about sports people. Sports. Yeah. But sports people that matter in a way. It's mm-hmm. about really, truly yeah. good sports stories. It's, it's stories. First from person local. stories. Yeah. yeah. That from his experience. Mike's so. been around a long time. Yes. He's heard a lot of stories. He had a, the nice, a lady, I, I missed one of his events and I felt bad because a lady posted on there, um, her husband is featured in the book and he's passed away and she posted how much she appreciated his story being included because it, it, reminded her of him and, and it was so true to who he was and like that's that's about as so that's saturday as afternoon at zambros yep and then Bervana at monks which is i think they're going two to six and it's beer beer and more beer yeah there's always beer at monks but it's yeah. an event it's, it's a, an event they all have like, beer stations and yeah it's like tasting tasting i don't know i probably have the details right in front of you if i'd pay attention i love monks monks was like the they're over 10 years old now mm-hmm. and they were like the first Real kind of craft beer place in this community. You know what I noticed about this event, which mm. is unusual for them? No dogs allowed. It's really? a It's a no dogs day. That's so, weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is a big event. 35 bucks a day in advance, 40 day, 35 in advance, 40 at the door. Uh, right. So if Jenny promotes something with a cover, yep. it must be good. No designated driver bans for this event and no dogs. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> two things. So, uh, right. So you can't get in free if you're the driver. Um, there's, oh my gosh, just beer, 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 I know, beer. we can't even read the list. It's super long. It just gives you a chance to just taste a lot of different beer. There's 53 beers on this list. Yeah. Wow. So if you've never really experienced all that, or there's a lot of people that I don't think they understand what Monks is, like, as far as what they serve. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good opportunity to... Yeah, go hang out. Take a flight. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And Sunday, then I'm going to go to Third Eye Gallery at Vishnu and look at their new exhibit for March that they will be popping out on Sunday called Her Story. And it's all um, art by women, for women, from women, local women. And Vishnu is on Phillips right next to Coffea right. at right next uh, to Coffea. 10th and Phillips. Mm-hmm. We should say Monks is on East 8th Street on the Tony and hip east bank of Sioux Falls. I'm not. Well, I'm not hip. Like I'm oh, old enough. If we start talking on. hip, I think you mean broken. But that's true. But I do. Uh, to me, to me, that's on the edge of the real part of Sioux Falls, on the the north end and the east side. The cheating so. side of town. That's right. <laughs> it's they are right. They are on the good side of the tracks, but just barely. <laughs> that's funny. It's not even tracks anymore. It's track. 
I know, and they're going to dig that out too. How will people know where to go? They won't know the line of demarcation. Right. That's bad. Right. Uh, Genomac, uh, as always, thanks for coming in and filling Thank us in. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a good weekend, and if, if you people see Genomac out and about, say hi, right? Yes, I, I'll be the girl in the shamrock pants. There you have it. <laughs> coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk with Nancy Workamp from Ollie, and we're going to talk about their new lecture series for 2018. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 346 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we have in the studio with us Nancy Workamp. She is director of the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute. It's Institute. Uh, and uh, we know it as Ollie. Uh, and they have a, a big series coming up here uh, with a lot of very interesting opportunities. But uh, first of all, Nancy, thanks for coming in. Oh, thanks, Patrick. Thanks for having us. Um, so first of all, uh, if people don't know what the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute is, it's a it's a lovely name. What does that mean? I will tell you all about it. We are an institute that helps people learn for the love of it. So my members are retired or semi-retired or folks that just have some time on their hands that want to learn for the love of it. So there's no credits, no homework, no stress. Um, we are one of 120 agencies around the United States, and we're all associated with a, with a university of some type, and we're associated with a, the university center. Um, we offer classes that are maybe a one-time shot or maybe something that goes over a multiple weeks, like a, a six-week six series. But again, it's all for the fun of it, so there's no homework, no stress, n mm -hmm. um, none of that. All, all for fun. And so you have uh, your series coming up yeah. here, which is uh, the, your lecture series 2018 um, uh, under, under the 2023 forecast, Envisioning Sioux Falls for Seniors. That's what the sort of That's overarching. Whole, exactly. It's yep. fascinating. Oh, it is. It is. This is our third year that we're doing a community lecture series. Um, we kind of want to do something called Ollie Gives Back. And this is a opportunity between our winter term and our spring term during the month of March that we are able to do some educational opportunities for anybody in the community. It's free. It's um, You're able to come. It's going to be on every Tuesday for four weeks from 1 to 3 at the West Mess Westminster Presbyterian Church, and um, and where come is all, that? Oh, it's on East Twenty Sixth Street. Yep, East Twenty Sixth Street okay. in Bonson. So it's a great location, great parking, lots of room. And again, we're having four different series, and I can tell you a little bit about it. As you said, the the title is Twenty Twenty Three. So what are we going to look in Sioux Falls in five years? Yeah, this is. And you, when you see Twenty Twenty Three, you think, "Wow, that's a long time." Wait, exactly. it's, only, it's only five years from now. Don't you think that in your head? You're thinking that that has a long ways away, but it is not. It is just a five year forecast, and we're kind of concentrating on for seniors that live in Sioux Falls. But it's certainly going to be cop topics that we'll be covering anybody. So if you don't consider yourself a seniors still please come it's yeah. going to be a great event um and so let's let's just briefly touch yeah, on each of these that. so the first one is march 6th yep tuesday yep uh sioux falls the modern era and uh this is a pretty impressive lineup you got here very uh, impressive evan nolte mike cooper jason ball shannon austin and jody schwan who's yeah. a frequent guest on this program yep uh you've got business uh the city uh engineering and and yeah. of course jody who is the founder of Sioux Falls Business, and yeah, so we're going to be covering, yeah. you know, what was Sioux Falls like in the past? What is mm -hmm. it going? On? What's our what's our present look at the Sioux Falls, and and what's going to be happening in the future? We're going to be looking at business development. We're going to be looking at transportation. We're going to be looking at uh, folks that are in the know of knowing where is Sioux Falls heading, and this yeah. is going to be a dynamo class. And so that's kind of focused on development yep. and business. That's yep. really cool. Yep. The second one is on the 13th, and that's quality health care. Oh, and we have some quality health care here in Sioux Falls. So we're going to be able to have two individuals, one from Avera and one from Stanford, um, that is going to be talking about really what is going on in, with health care. What are the new things that are popping up? What are kind of things that are on the horizon? What kind of things can we see now and in five years? Mm -hmm. it, it's growing like crazy, and we're going to be able to hear from the experts and directly. Uh, yeah richard molseed yep who's been with avera for quite a while oh, and, a long time and yep. david pierce who is uh basically the head of research at sanford 
Yeah. Uh, both those guys are fantastic speakers oh, and very interesting yeah. people. Exactly. And it's going to be an unbelievably informational session that will be give people kind of a heads up of what's going on and what kind of cool things are out there. And David Pierce uh, grew up in England, so he's got an accent. Very cool. It just makes him sound smarter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then on the 20th, entertainment. This looks great. Oh, yeah. We, we have from um, the Premier Center, the Sioux Falls Park and Rec, Visitors Bureau, Arts, the theater people, the um, folks that represent uh, the sport, you know, the, the sporting events. You know, we, we, got, we got things that are, are just wanting to know what is the cutting edge of what's coming to Sioux Falls, what, is, what makes us a bla- great place mm-hmm. to live. Yeah, and that's a, that really is a fantastic lineup as well. Uh, but I think maybe the one that's most impressive to me is on the 27th, um, Tuesday, and it's it's changing face. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of education here, but th- I'm just going to read this because I can't yep. believe you got all these people in at the same time. Brian Maher, who's, of course, superintendent of Sioux Falls Public Schools. Yep. Uh, Tom Larang, my former principal at O'Gorman, oh, and yeah. who is past president of the entire Catholic school system. Yep. Jim Holbeck who's superintendent Harrisburg, mm-hmm. Tanisa Islam, who's been on this show. She's a uh, head of the, uh, she specializes in immigration, yep. and she's uh, yep. part of the uh, South Dakota Hope Coalition. I'm getting that name wrong. Mm-hmm. Frank Palmersheim is a USD School of Law professor who's amazing, oh, amazing, amazing guy. Oh, my gosh. Uh, worked yes. with so much uh, Native American Native issues. American things, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Yasinia, Yasiana, mm-hmm. am I saying that right? Uh-huh. Uh, Gonzalez, who's with the Sioux Empire Housing Partnership, and David Jahl, who's got an amazing story. He was a lost boy yeah. from Sudan yeah. and works in the court services. How did you get all these people on the same day in the same place. I know. We have a committee that worked on this, and they uh, just worked their tails off to talk to individuals. And, and, and these individuals kind of they came together and they said, you know what, hey, this is a great event for me to go to. Seniors, uh, my alley members and, and people in the community that are maybe retired, semi-retirers, they're movers and shakers. They want to know what's going on in the mm-hmm. community, and they really care um, about what's going on. They maybe have had a, an occupation that they are retired now or semi-retired, in, and now they really are very socially conscious, and they want to know what's going on, and they really care about the changing face of Sioux Falls in a real positive way about what can I do personally to help what's going on in Sioux Falls and to help people that maybe are coming to Sioux Falls that this isn't their first home. You know what's amazing about this whole lineup? For the whole series, it's like a guest list for my show. I'm just gonna start yeah. knocking there these down. There you go. <laughs> there you go. They would. These guys are, are. They're all guys and gals are all just uh, rock stars. So if uh, if people want more information, or obviously they may not have caught everything here. Yep. You've got the details posted somewhere that somebody oh, can go figure out. Oh, of course, on our out. website, which is Ali, which is O L L I U C dot org. So go check that out. Give us a call at two seven four. 9529. That's the main number for Ollie. And we would be glad to send you a brochure. If you want to know a little bit more about Ollie in general, our spring brochure is going to be coming out soon and we'd love to put you on our mailing list. So your regular uh, uh, terms yep. are, are you, as you say, education for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're at night. What? How does that work? You know, about 98% of our classes are during the day. So we have three terms. We have a spring term, which is going to be April 2nd to May 25th. It's an eight-week period of time. We have a fall term, which is in September and October. And then we have a winter term, which is in January, February, that we are just ending right now. So this, uh, goes this in the middle. lecture yeah. series goes right in the middle. That's right but, um, Like The spring term is a good example. We have 106 different opportunities that you can learn from, from uh, current events to in history to writing your memoirs, to learning how to do pottery, to learning how to uh, play yoga or pickleball. You know, we have, our, our topics are just a huge variety. Fantastic. And we will post that link yep. uh, to Ali, aliuc.org, O-L-L-I-U-C.org, the Osher Lifelong Learning Institute at the University Center here in Sioux Falls. Uh, on our Twitter feed, put all that up there, at P. Lally Show. Uh, Nancy Workcamp, Director for Osher Lifelong Learning in Sioux Falls. Thank you for coming in today. Thanks, Patrick. We're Glad coming, to have us. We're going to come right back after the news and weather with uh, Jerry Pileshi from ESPN 99.1 and talk about high school basketball. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 358 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Coming up after the break, Jerry Pileshi of ESPN 99.1. We're going to talk about high school basketball and the tournaments. And then we're going to talk about rare disease this weekend. 
Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, we know it's March, coming up on March, so we know it's time for high school basketball tournaments are right around the corner. But if you're like me and people say they don't watch basketball, NBA basketball, until the playoffs, that's how I feel about high school basketball. I don't watch till the playoffs, state tournament time. So who better to fill us in on what's going on with high school basketball than our high school basketball, high school athletics analyst, Jerry Pileschi of ESPN 99.1. Jerry, thanks for coming across the hall for a little chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, the, the big double-A tournament, which is the one I pay attention to, all right? I'm a Sioux Falls elitist. We already all know that, uh, is in Sioux Falls this year, and they're combined together. I guess the boys and girls, I didn't know we were doing that now. Started about three years ago. They moved to a combined tournament, and what they've done is they've just taken double A for now. A is probably in the future, and then they're hoping to maybe get B on board with the idea. But the double A tournament has really benefited from a combined tournament. It started, as I said, three years ago here in Sioux Falls. They utilized both the Denny Sanford Premier Center and the Sioux Falls Arena. The downside to it, though, Patrick, is that you have games going on at the same time in both venues. So it's not necessarily if you were just a fan that wanted to go out and see every single game. Mm-hmm. There's no possible way to do so. You have one in, one versus eight, let's just say, for girls uh, at the same time going on. And the other side, you have two versus seven for, for the girls going on at the arena. So it is a split in terms of the fan base that way. But just the camaraderie with the people moving back and forth mm-hmm. and the excitement level has really ramped up over the last couple of years compared to when it was split, when the girls would play it in Brookings and the boys were either in Rapid or Sioux Falls. Now a lot more eyes are on the championship night on the Saturday, which is very exciting. We saw that last year even in Rapid City, which was much better attendance-wise than what we saw the last time we were out in Rapid City for just the boys. And the the teams have something a little bit to do with that. Of course, if it's out in Rapid, you really kind of wish that Stevens and Central have maybe a little bit better of a season compared to if it's here in Sioux Falls. You hope the Sioux Falls teams are up in that same block. So the combined tournament, though, is really – really been a positive effect for Class AA on both sides. And that is the March 15th through 17th weekend here in Sioux Falls, so you'll be seeing a lot of folks from out of town. Um, th- let's talk about a little bit about the girls, first of all, uh, and who's who's good in oh, the state? Well, Aberdeen Central is the returning favorite, and for Aberdeen Central with their head coach, Don Seiler, brought back pretty much everybody from last year with Peyton Burkhardt, and they just have a stacked roster up and down the entire way through. They're going to be the number one overall seed. That's completely locked in, 18-1 and one as it stands today. Uh, right behind them, you have Sioux Falls Lincoln. Lincoln's playing Harrisburg tonight. Lincoln right now, 15-3. and three. They have a roster, Patrick, that only has one senior on it. So this is going to be a team for Matt Daly that's going to be very good over the next couple of years as well. Rapid City Stevens is up there, as everybody expected. O'Gorman's on a hot streak. They've won seven games in a row. They have their season finale coming up tomorrow night against Washington. And then Harrisburg currently sits at number five. They're going to be locked into that number five seed, and that's very important moving forward. But for Harrisburg, they're looking to avoid going to a four-game losing streak tonight against Lincoln. They've lost their last three and only put up 35 points in the last two outings against Aberdeen Central and O'Gorman. Now, where this is all very important is we don't have districts and regions anymore. Mm -hmm. Completely gone. We're now with the round of 16. This is for both girls and for boys. So what happens is there's 18 teams in AA. The bottom two, see ya. Mm -hmm. You don't belong. Thanks for coming. Thanks for playing your regular season schedule. And that's uh, usually Douglas... Uh, for, the, for, the girl, for the girls, Douglas is at the bottom. But for the boys, we'll get to that later, uh, the boys for Douglas would actually be set up to host a round of 16 game. Well, there you go. Uh, but the, like Huron, for example, they're 0-19, so they don't really need that opportunity in that shot. Sorry, people of Huron, if you're listening. It's just the truth. You, you don't really need to go to the dance. So right. they take still 16 teams, and they just seed it out normally. One faces 16, two 15, so on and so forth. The top eight hosts the game at their home gym. They're not meeting in the middle of the state, anywhere like that. So if you have Stevens playing against Roosevelt, they're mm-hmm. not going to meet and peer for the game. <laughs> they're going to travel out there and back, and that's what they should do in Class AA. And the tournament bracket actually starts with the round of 16 because they're not reseeding it. Yep. In Class A, they will reseed it. In Class B, they will reseed it. So what could happen is the way the bracket is set up, let's just say on the girls' side, Watertown, who is the number 16, just somehow comes up with this crazy upset over Aberdeen Central. Mm -hmm. Watertown would then move on to face the winner of the 8-9 matchup, which would be Brookings or Rapid City Central. They basically become the first 
ranked team in the second round. Correct. That's wild. It is completely wild. And and the interesting part of how everything is developed is a lot of these teams and the way that the schedule is structured, they're going to end their regular season. The girls have to have all of their games in by February 26th. Nobody is stretching out the season that long outside of Rapid City Central, and I think it's Douglas. They have one matchup on that night. Everybody else is finishing up this weekend, whether it's Friday or Saturday. The round of 16 is not until March 2nd for the girls. So you're talking a week in between. Yeah. So then what happens is you play that one game one week later. You win, you go to state, but state's two weeks later. So every team in AA will essentially play one game in a three-week span before the state tournament if you go to state. So some people would argue that that's good because the hot teams then will cool down or the yep. teams that are on a losing streak, like if you're Harrisburg right now for the girls, that reset might be something that would be very positive for them. On the other side, though, I, I always like the momentum mm-hmm. and taking that into the playoffs. Yep. It completely shuts everything down if you're an O'Gorman girls fan. Seven wins in a row. Kent Colesrue told me prior to the game against Harrisburg on Tuesday that that was his worry. His team mm-hmm. is peaking right where when you would want it to, and now they going into what would be yeah. the districts or the region. But now it's a one game scenario, and yep. they have a week off before they get to it. They could catch the flu, or you don't know what's going to happen. Um, th- so Aberdeen Central at the top, Lincoln, O'Gorman, Harrisburg. Those are the teams to watch there. Those are your top five. Washington right now sitting at about seed number seven. They're right behind Brandon Valley. Uh, you have your Sioux Falls Roosevelt tough season this year for David Maxwell. Uh, very young team. Mm-hmm. Most of his starters are sophomores, one senior on the roster. They only have four wins this season as of right Rebuilding. now. Rebuilding. Very much so. And, and David Maxwell would be very upfront with you and tell mm-hmm. you that that's what's going on because it's just they, they are the weird team that actually shoots better from outside of the paint than inside. Good chunk of the reason as to why is their tallest player stands at five foot seven. <laughs> so when you're going against when you're going against like a koi or yeah. you know a, uh, you got to shoot a wadi koi from O'Gorman who's six foot three oh. or Janai Ugovsky from Harrisburg who is about six foot. Oh no, it, it's tough to get inside against them. It's tough to get those points inside the paint. We're going to come right back and talk more with Jerry Pileshi from ESPN ninety nine point one. We'll switch over to the boys' side and discuss the. State of high school basketball, and uh, as we look forward to the state tournaments, this is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show, and we're continuing our conversation with Jerry Pileshi, who is a high school sports analyst over across the hall at ESPN 99.1, and we like to have Jerry in from time to time and chat about, oh, you know, upcoming events, and now it's high school basketball, which is Tournaments are right around the corner. We talked a little bit about the girls in AA, uh, the boys in AA, and this hasn't happened for a long time, right? As you called it uh, uh, to me earlier, the Rapid City Show. I'm shocked by this, Jerry. Well, and I don't know if you should be completely shocked, but I know you mentioned before that you start paying more attention when it comes towards the playoffs, but Rapid City Stevens and Rapid City Central both have very talented kids on their roster. I would give the edge right now to Rapid City Stevens. Now in our South Dakota Prep Media Basketball Poll, I'm the only person I gave him a first-place vote over Rapid City Central. I've seen both teams. The reason I would give Stevens a little bit of an edge over Central is just because of the fact they've played against more South Dakota schools. And to win a state championship, you're evaluated against mm-hmm. South Dakota schools, where Rapid City Central has played a good chunk of their schedule against teams in Wyoming and Nebraska and North Dakota and taken away a couple of those opportunities against some of the teams that are within their own state. But both teams have the playmakers. They've played two games, Patrick, over the last – two weeks or so, and both of them were within 10 points. So they're very evenly matched as well. But it is the Rapid City show, and it will be coming to Sioux Falls, at least from everything the way that it's all lined up right now, because Stevens would be playing against Spearfish in that round of 16. Uh, Stevens has already beat Spearfish pretty handily this season, Mm -hmm. so would anticipate that that's going to happen again. And then Rapid City Central would get Pier. And Pier is kind of one of those weird teams right now, because they're sitting with six wins. You look at the record and you go, not impressive, except for they have Peyton Zabel on their roster, and if the kid drops 35 points on you, there's a good chance that Pierre might actually win the game, but he's about all they have. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an interesting matchup for Rapid City Central, and some of the kids that they have on their team, we've, we've, seen, we've seen, uh, seen it last year, uh, a lot of talent, but then when they kind of get on that big stage, it just doesn't necessarily click. So they're looking to see if that changes coming into next or this upcoming uh, postseason play. 
Unfortunately for Rapid, though, it's almost a year too late because last yeah, year they, they would have were... killed to have both teams right at the top <laughs> of the standings entering the tournament. Yeah, so this is the, the March 15th through 17th is the combined boys and girls double-A tournament in Sioux Falls. Going to be a big dang deal uh, at the Denny and the arena at the same time. Um, you still expect that attendance for this will be pretty good. Oh, yeah. Be, yeah, one completely, because you look at some of the other teams that are even around, You've got Harrisburg, who mm-hmm. right now would be the three seed, 16-3 and three on their season. Very good team and very young as well for Scott Langrock down there at Harrisburg. And talk about a school that just continues to blow up. I know. That school did not move to double-A basketball until the 2014 season. And now they're a, you know, a player. Now they're a contender not yeah. only on the boys' side but also the girls. Well, and and they, they came up, uh, they made big leaps in football. They did uh, last couple of years as well. So they're clearly going to be, and everybody thought this might happen eventually, where now you've got the six Metro schools who are all uh, able to compete with each other in all the sports, essentially. And Jim Altenberg from Harrisburg, their activities director, I asked him on Tuesday night about how close it's looking for Harrisburg to have to jump into AAA football. And mm-hmm. he just said, by the next classification, we're probably in. So I'm, I'm hoping to have him come on during the course of halftime tonight. I'll be at Harrisburg and looking to talk to him a little bit more about just the basketball side of things, too, and some of the stuff moving forward scheduling-wise if they want to start playing against more of the Sioux Falls schools or maybe jump into the Metro Conference that they have. This way they have those guaranteed games. Uh, but Harrisburg probably going to be into the tournament. Washington, very good. Probably one of the more talented teams across the entire state. They had a couple of really tough losses one of which was to Roosevelt at the very early parts of the season where they lost by just one point. That team for Craig Nelson right now is just clicking on all cylinders exactly when they need to do so. They've got one of the most elusive guards in the state with Logan Utek. They have one of the most powerful big men down low in Zach Hines. And then they have a six foot eight Manny Acott who can just throw down and dunk on you anytime that he needs to. It's a team that's built to win a state championship, so don't be surprised if Washington jumps up there. Lincoln... Very good also in Jeff Halseth. This always happens. They start hot. All of a sudden, they kind of fall down. They fall <laughs> out of everybody's minds. And then state tournament comes around, and they start clicking again. And you never know what the Lincoln Patriots. Yeah. They can go into a state tournament 500 and win the whole thing. We've seen that over the last couple of years. That, and that's true about South Dakota basketball. I mean, oh, and it could happen Especially in the big schools. With the big schools, you see that where when it comes to tournament time, there's always upsets. There very rarely is a juggernaut. It happens. But they're rarely happening. This is one of those seasons where for Class AA, for anybody out there that, that doesn't necessarily follow high school basketball, this is one of those seasons where if I would tell you to go buy an all-session ticket to go to the Premier Center in the arena mm-hmm. to watch the tournament unfold, this is the year to do so with Class AA boys. The reason for it, number one, is it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Any of these teams, I could go through this list of even the top seven or eight teams and make a case as to why they could win a state title. But number two, storylines. You want to see some just crazy storylines entering the tournament. Mentioned with Washington, some of the best players that they have across the entire state currently would be seated as a number four if if you just took the top eight. Uh, You look at Harrisburg, we talked about them. Yankton has Matthew Morse, who has dropped yeah. a thousand points in his career. He's a freshman. He's a freshman who stands six foot seven. You got to see the kid <laughs> play. I swear to you on that. Aberdeen Central, a team that went around the 500 mark last year, got into the state championship game, fell short to O'Gorman. All of a sudden, they're back on the scene after mm-hmm. starting very slow this year. O'Gorman's going to probably be around. Brandon Valley has some key playmakers. Roosevelt has some outside shooters. Right now, they'd be the 12 seed. Could they potentially get yeah. in? Wouldn't shock it'll be, me. It'll be exciting, though. I mean, Watertown be beat Lincoln this year. <laughs> I mean, you, you just look up and down, and you look at the entire 16 on the field right now, Patrick, and you go, okay, let's just see how it goes. Right on. Jerry Pileschi, he is the high school sports analyst for ESPN 99.1. He does a lot of play-by-play through the course of the year. Uh, we'll be waiting to see how it all plays out now. In, into the March Madness, and uh, we'll have you back right before everything starts to kick off. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. Eyes on March 2nd and 3rd, round of 16. It's going to be a blast. Awesome. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we're back on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm uh, very happy to have in the studio today with me a couple of folks from Sanford Research. First of all, we've got Ben Forrid. He's a research project manager at Sanford Health, and Alyssa Mendel. She is Clinical Research Specialist with Sanford Health, and we're going to talk about 
rare diseases. Fun with rare diseases. No, That's right. Make fun. Mm-hmm. You guys, thanks for coming in today on a cold afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you guys have a uh, really interesting event this weekend dealing with rare diseases, which is something Sanford has been involved with for some time. Uh, the Great Plains Rare Disease Summit. Now, uh, Alyssa, you have been uh, planning this thing for how long? Oh, for months now. Months now. Yep. What what happens at a rare <laughs> disease summit? So our main focus is to just bring the community together. Um, it's going to be for families that, you know, have a rare disease. Maybe they take care of somebody who has a rare disease or just people looking for more information on rare diseases. Um, and so, uh, Ben, tell me a little bit about Sanford's involvement in rare diseases. What is a rare disease, first of all, and, and sure. why is Sanford having this big summit? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Uh, a rare disease is, is defined usually as anything that affects fewer than 200,000 people in the United States, so about one in 1,500 or so. Um, and Sanford does have, uh, have uh, a focus on rare disease from the research standpoint. Uh, we've got scientists that work in laboratories um, out at the research center. Um, of the 39 laboratories or so, around 20 of them, about half, have a project or two that involve or touch on rare disease. Uh, and so, you know, from the standpoint of a, a research scientist or a group of scientists, um, you know, it's something that we feel really passionate about. And Sanford, and we've talked about this in the past, has, trying, has this project to try and basically uh, uh, catalog as many people who have rare diseases in the country as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. And how does this relate to that? Yeah. Uh, we're talking about the, the CORDS registry. Uh, Sanford CORDS is a, is a way that we can um, capture that information. Um, what happens a lot of the time with the I guess I'll say this, with a common disease, uh, doctors and, and the medical community and scientists know how that disease is going to progress. And so they'll know that when you get diagnosed with something, um, let's say Alzheimer's disease, we're going to know how that is going to progress uh, because it affects, unfortunately, far too many people and, and, um, and it's well established. A lot of these diseases affect maybe only a dozen people in the whole country and, and maybe not all at the same time. And so connecting all of those individual physicians putting all of that information together, it's really hard for anyone to say that they know uh, or can predict how a disease, a rare disease is going to progress. And so a rare disease registry is kind of a way that we can be proactive with that. Um, we can go out as researchers and say, if you have a rare disease, join courts, join the registry, and you can uh, provide us with as much information about your medical health history as you're comfortable doing. And um, after we get a bunch of people with the same illness um, cataloged together, then we can kind of build that knowledge base and, and we can use that information to help guide our research programs. Uh, Alyssa, so this is a two-day summit. Correct. Yep. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, how normal people can come and go to the summit and, and if you've got friends or relatives or what have you who have a rare disease. But the first day is really focused on the professionals. What, what's going to happen that first day on Friday uh, in the Great Plains Rare Disease Summit. So on Friday, it's geared towards physicians, scientists, nurses, genetic counselors, just anyone in the health field. Uh, they're going to learn about, you know, we bring in people from around the nation that are going to talk on their latest research and findings. And it's really geared towards educating and spreading that awareness on rare diseases. Uh, so a lot of uh, people with a lot of education. Yep, a lot of education. <laughs> crazy, crazy talk at the at the cocktail party uh, after the session, right? About you know. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so, where is all this happening? So this is going to happen out at the Sanford Center. Um, it's going to be in the Dakota Room, and that's out on the northeast side of town. Um, and so that's Friday from nine eight to five. And so when these things happen. Uh, uh, First of all, it's a Great Plains Rare Disease Summit. Does that mean just people from five states, or how does that work? We invite anybody from around the country to come out. Um, typically, the past couple of years, it's been people more in the Great Plains area, though. And mm-hmm. how many people generally show up for that? Uh, on Friday, we can get around 200 people will come. Uh, Saturday, we're anticipating around 100. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll talk about Saturday in um, just a second. But since this, since the Chords uh, project started, do you have any idea how many people have been entered in at this point? Because it's yeah. been how long? It's been going uh, since 2010. So we're, we're about eight years in. Um, it took a little while to get some momentum, but we've kind of built that up over the past few years. We've seen a really market increase in, in the uh, participation in Chords. Um, Alyssa can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, yeah, I think we're just over 4,500 people. Yeah, we're actually right about at that 5,000 mark. Wow, that's mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Um, and what do you think, what do you attribute the acceleration to? That, that it's just because people are getting more known or they're getting more mm-hmm. comfortable with mm-hmm. the idea of it? Because people might be a little, uh, uh, not suspicious, but not necessarily excited about giving up all their personal information right. to some hospital mm-hmm. system out in South Dakota, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's something that I think we... Um, we've kind of had to make our name known um, and get it out there. Trust is a huge um, part of, of working in this space um, with these communities. And a lot of times uh, groups of rare disease patients will find each other and they'll, uh, they'll make uh, advocacy groups or they'll form foundations. Um, and uh, one of the things that we have done is, is worked with those foundations to make um, individual disease-specific kind of questionnaires that their patients can fill out and by partnering with those groups, we've we've been able to drive a lot more of our participation upward. So, what? Give me an example of some of the rare diseases we're talking about that people may have heard of. Okay, uh, see, that's a tough one. But, you know, by definition, they're they're, they're, rare. they're very rare. You know, <laughs> yeah. so it's 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 hard to say. Um, I think one. one I think a more common one that people know about is cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. That's actually a rare disease. Really? Yeah. Yep. It is. I know it's a more um, you know, there's more information mm-hmm. out there about it, but that would be one that's a more common one. A lot uh, of times things will will remain very, very rare and kind of, you know, people won't know what they are until some sort of a therapy or some sort of a treatment mm-hmm. is discovered and they're kind of working through the FDA approval process for that. And then all of a sudden, once there's that kind of hope out there that there might be some sort of a treatment they they become more well known, more well funded, um, more awareness is kind of raised to them. We're going to come right back and talk more with Alyssa Mendel and Ben Ford, who are both with Sanford Health. We're going to talk about the Great Plains Rare Disease Summit and how you may want to come out and uh, learn more about uh, what's what's going on and, and what you maybe can do to help. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our conversation with Ben Ford and Alyssa Mendel. They are with Sanford Health. Ben is a research project manager, and Alyssa is a clinical research specialist. And they've been working diligently on an event for this weekend called Great Plains Rare Disease Summit, and it's out at the Sanford Center. Um, we were discussing the uh, day one, which is uh, the, the professionals who get together and exchange information about rare diseases. Um, but Saturday is pretty interesting because I can I can show up. What? Tell me about Saturday, Alyssa, and just what's going to happen. Yeah, so we're actually going to kick off the event at 9 o'clock. And this year we're having HOSA students, which are the future health professionals of South Dakota. They're going to come in and present um, posters on rare diseases. It's kind of a competition that they'll have. It'll be the first hour of the day. And then throughout the day, um, people can get the chance to connect with researchers, ask questions. We're going to have someone come out from LifeScape and talk about caregiver burnout. Um, And we're also, we also teamed up with the Augustana genetic counseling students this year, and they've really helped to plan this event too. And so if I, who do you want to come? I mean, who's, who's sort of the ideal candidate here to come to the Saturday sessions? Yeah, so it's, you know, geared toward those rare disease families, people who have a rare disease, maybe they're the caretakers of someone who has a rare disease. And then again, anybody who's interested in learning more, um, it is open to the public. It's a free event. Anybody can come. And uh, Ben, these rare diseases, is there is kind of a certain fascination with them because by definition, sometimes there's only a few people in the world that have it. Right. Um do you see some of that in, in people who want to come out and just, just from a purely uh, 
experiential yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, visit to say, I just, I'm fascinated by this. And, yeah, and... absolutely. You know, I, I think that, um, you know, that's something that we seek out. And anytime that we can help bring awareness to the topic, um, anytime that we can get, um, you know, the average person on the street thinking about, about rare diseases, um, that's something that we're, we're proud of. The thing about rare diseases that's sometimes the most surprising for people to hear is that 30 million Americans have a rare disease. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a population of 300 million, that's that's one in 10. So and, it, while it's rare to have any one rare disease, it's not all that rare to have a rare disease. But that but the challenge is, uh, and you sort of touched on this uh, when we started talking, the challenges then are when you don't have that critical mass of numbers, you don't necessarily attract the research dollars. Yeah. The the uh, drugs can be very expensive. Uh, there's just not a lot of answers. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think that the raising the awareness is kind of where that has to start. Um, we talked a little bit in the first segment about the courts registry that we have uh, going on as is a resource for these communities to use. Um, we want to be there to help them build um, these questionnaires so that we can increase the overall knowledge base surrounding any one rare disease and and um, attract the researchers and, uh, and, you know, push towards some, some new therapies. Um, is it, I would imagine that being around these families, um, has to be, uh, I mean, at one, at one point inspiring and another point, just heartbreaking, Mm -hmm. um, because most of them aren't treatable. Right. Mm -hmm. It, they're, they're not treatable. And, and, um, the thing that makes it hardest, I think for many people, myself included, is that, Two-thirds of all rare diseases affect children. And so, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, little kids and their parents are the caregivers. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, they're the ones that become the experts. Um, instead, of, instead of receiving answers from the medical community, they're the ones who are trying to inform. Um, and that's, um, that's how it, it's a little unique in that, in that way. Um, but yeah, you, you mentioned it being inspiring. It, it, on the other hand, it, it is. Um, it's something that is hard for any one person to to wrap their head around. But when you spend a little bit of time with these groups, um, you come to learn a lot about how strong they are. Is there an element, Alyssa, to the sort of that support part of that? I mean, you're we're very focused here on the the child or the even the adult that mm-hmm. that has the rare disease. But then you've got this network of caregivers around mm-hmm. them. And I'm wondering if there's any resources in terms of if they show up on Saturday to sort of tap into some of that. Even if your children have different diseases, you're, you share a common experience. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. There will be um, social workers and people from South Dakota Parent Connection. They'll be out there. As I mentioned earlier, LifeScape, they'll be out there. And they have a great, they've got great resources on those parents, as you mentioned, that are the caregivers and just things to do to help avoid that caregiver burnout. I I imagine, it's unimaginable to me what those parents must go through. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because of the uncertainty of it may be Mm -hmm. the worst thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to go, mm-hmm. where do I, how do I sign up? What do I got to do to go to this thing on Saturday? The Great Plains Rare Disease Symposium. So you can go to Sanford Research and you'll be able to register there. Um, as I mentioned too, even if you're not able to register, you can still show up. It's a free event to all of the public. Sanfordresearch.org, the yeah. uh, Sanford website, and then you'll find it there. You'll yep. see the links and everything. Um it's free. It's uh, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Can I just stop by any time? Or I mean, that you talked about the first hour being this poster contest, but there'll be sort of people available all the time, right? Yep, there's gonna be people there all day. We're gonna have vendor booths set up too, to um, you know, so you can get more information. We will be handing out free T-shirts to those that stay for the whole day, and we will have lunch provided as well. Outstanding. It sounds like a, a, a really uh, amazing experience and. Best of luck to you guys on Friday and Saturday. Thank you. That, yeah, that's the Great Plains Rare Disease Summit. I said symposium. It's a summit. It's at the Sanford Center, which is the big <laughs> research facility out in the northeast part of town, just off I-90 and I-229. And it's in the Dakota Room, uh, 9 to 3 on Saturday if you're with the public. If you're one of them wonky scientists, you go on Friday, 8 to 5. But you probably <laughs> already know that. Uh, uh, Alyssa Mendel, she is clinical research specialist specialist with Sanford Health, and Ben Ford, research project manager for Sanford Health. 
uh, you guys, I really appreciate you coming by and uh, have have a you know great great symposium. So oh, thank you, thanks thank for you very us. much. Thanks for having us. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. Four fifty six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand K S O O. Radio Clash, which means it's the end of our show for the day. And I'm just uh, just saw come across Twitter here a little update from Argus Leader Media that the Senate has State Senate has approved the uh, deal allowing craft beers brewers to sell their beer to retailers without a distributor and hike the barrel limit they can produce each year so that's good that's good news for some of our our burgeoning craft beer uh, uh, brewers uh, including Fernson which is probably the got the biggest capacity and was affected by this in a very real way so hey good news maybe you start seeing more of those craft beers locally produced beers in your grocery aisle or at your convenient local stop liquor stores and such competition competition baby you'll be seeing them everywhere now you won't be able to stop it pretty cool so congrats to everybody who worked hard on that bill i know it was a lot of work and uh and i think they came together with uh the distributors and got behind it so that's good good that's what we like to see that's how we work out problems right Hey, everybody, coming up this weekend, it's going to be snowing, you know that, so why not go inside? You can uh, spend one of the next three days at the Sioux Empire Home Show, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That's at the Sioux Falls Convention Center, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. on Friday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday, 11 to 5 on Sunday. If you're building, remodeling, landscaping, or just looking for ideas, you'll meet the professionals firsthand at the home show. Everything from building, decorating, financing, landscaping, and more. There's always the and more. Can't go wrong with that. You know there's going to be more. I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's a, it's a pretty amazing. Admission is 7 bucks. Children 12 and under free. Seniors and advanced tickets are 6 bucks. Go hang out at the home show at the convention center. Coming up tomorrow... On the Patrick Lally Show, Jay Gilbertson, he's manager of the East Dakota Water Development District. We're going to talk about buffer strips and water quality. Buffalo Maiden will be in, and Thea Miller-Ryan at the Outdoor Campus. Oh, this is a good weekend for the Outdoor Campus. Go skiing and such. We'll see you all tomorrow. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.